Welcome to the Gyroplane Flying Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Gyroplane Flying Podcast. This podcast was posted on January 12, 2021. This is Joe Cavelli, your host of the program and also president and owner of Air Command Gyroplanes and Skywheel Rotor Systems. We appreciate your listenership. The Gyroplane Flying Podcast Forum allows us to discuss a variety of topics about all things gyroplanes. Recent episodes we posted have focused on Air Command and Skywheel's company news and updates. In 2021, I'd like to bring other co-hosts and guests into the podcast program. Later in the year, we'll be discussing with others on the podcast who are experts in maintenance, flight instruction, and safety topics. We'll be delivering the podcast to you in both a live format with listener interaction, which is my favorite way of doing this program, and also on-demand recorded episodes like this one. If you have a topic or guest suggestion, please get in touch with me by referring to the Contact Us page at our website, aircommand.com. In 2020, we worked extensively on the Skywheel's rotor systems to bring them back into production. We've discussed on this podcast manufacturing and flight testing of the rotor blades. We published a podcast on December 7 last year with Skywheel's founder, Jim McCutcheon. You'll find that podcast very interesting. You can listen to that podcast at our website, gyroplaneflying.com, or at iHeartRadio Podcasts. In this podcast, I'd like to introduce you to Jim Lizay. Jim was the second owner of Skywheels. He owned the company from 2001 until 2018. That's when I purchased the company name, original tooling and test equipment, and intellectual property and rights. Jim is a seasoned veteran of the rotorcraft. He's been around them for years as a pilot in both the California National Guard and as a military service member. When ABC Network News was looking for an expert comment on the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash last year, they called and interviewed Jim Lizay. Jim was involved extensively with me in the Skywheels transition and ultimately bringing the product back into manufacturing and on the market again. I'd like to thank him for his involvement. In this podcast, Jim offers a great perspective on Skywheels and its stable and reliable performance. He's known Skywheels for many years and he's flown the product for a long time. I know you'll enjoy listening to these comments. Here's my interview with Jim Lizay. I'm privileged to have Jim Lizay on the phone with us today. Jim, welcome to Gyroplane Flying. Uh, it's great to be with you, Joe. Thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Jim and I have really gotten to know each other the last two years as we've worked together on Skywheels. Jim is the previous owner of Skywheel Rotor Blades and Rotor Systems, and without Jim's involvement, where we're at today would not have been possible. So, Jim, on behalf of myself, thank you very much for all the time and effort you've put in to help us to get to this point. We're very close to relaunching Skywheels. There's been a hiatus in production for a period of time, and maybe you'd like to elaborate on the Skywheel rotor blades, how you came into them, and where we're at today. Well, of course, Jim McCutcheon created Skywheels, and he is a really, really superb engineer, in addition to a rotor blade engineer, if you will. Been involved in a, a number of discussions with other so called experts in the rotor blade field, and with Jim on the line, and he typically would blow them away. But he, uh, around the turn of the millennium, 
was kind of looking at some other things to do and he was offering the tooling for sale and he had some overseas offers. I had always used his blades and of course you know I'm running in the salt water so I had no use for the metal blades and having been flying rotorcraft uh, starting in the military since 1969 I have had some familiarity with them uh, and including in the National Guard. So I I really uh, hated to see those blades go overseas, and actually Jim didn't want them to go overseas either. I acquired the, the tooling, and I made blades for, for a little while. I think it was maybe two years, and then I stockpiled some blades for my testing. We decided to take them out of service, the tooling out of service, and it had, and then you know had been stored. And I'd had a couple of uh, offers along the way to purchase the tooling as well. And I had the same concern and, and shared, in some of those instances, shared it with Jim McCutcheon. And we uh, declined those uh, opportunities. And uh, then when you came along, I also discussed that with Jim McCutcheon. And we felt that uh, you were probably the proper person to make sure that these blades would be, number one, properly fabricated and tested and made available to the gyro community that so loves the blades. So that's that's where we are today. Jim, for those that aren't familiar with the Skywheel's name or possibly those that, that are familiar but maybe just don't have uh, some background on them, what can you share about Skywheel's that stands out to you that somebody coming into this should really know about? When I acquired the tooling, Jim McCutcheon had not, he'd always called them Skywheel's, but a lot of people call them McCutcheon Skywheel's, rightfully so. I actually acquired the URL, skywheels.com, and ultimately, I think as you know, I had to shut that down once I, uh, after I discontinued the production because it became, there was too many inquiries. The basic performance of a composite blade, a properly engineered composite blade especially, is so superior to any other blade. There's basically, as far as I know, Currently, there's nobody building wooden blades any longer. They had their own problem. But I think most blades these days are the either the extruded aluminum, the sheet metal aluminum blades, or the composite blades. And in all honesty, I am not familiar with the construction particulars of other composite blades, but I'm pretty familiar with the sheet metal and, the, and extruded. What a pilot's looking for is stability, predictability, and that's what you get with, you know, with the high inertia, stable McCutcheon blades, and um, much more so than I found with any other blade. So that's one factor. And then, of course, I'm a little bit of an outlier because I'm running in the salt water. It's really important to me that I don't have corrosion building up in my blades. And if you see what happens to the rest of the airframe that that contains aluminum, you would understand the concern. It's it's pretty devastating. That was uh, my consideration, but as far as performance and safety, the McCutcheon blades, to me, are the only way to go. So those are some of my considerations. I think that there would be most people's consideration. I think further, you have the geometry of the center section of the McCutcheon blade, which already, well, what we call plug and play. You plug the blades in, drop the retention bolts in, and you're ready to go. You don't have to construct the, the rotor system. 
off of the aircraft and string put your string along there to make sure your cord balance is, is in line and then try to lift the entire system onto the rotor head. And with regard to the McCutcheon system, you can actually leave the center section on the rotor head at all times. And even if you're trailering it, you just put a little bungee up there to keep it from rotating. And then when you get to your destination where you're gonna fly, you just shove one blade in, drop the pins, move it around, shove the next blade in, drop the pins, and you're good to go. You don't have to worry about alignment. You don't have to worry about trying to lift the entire system up there. Uh, it's it's a one-man job versus a two- or three-man job. So that's just another consideration, and it worked really well for me because sometimes I would launch, literally boat launches, and go down there, and I'd be by myself, and I could I could launch it without any assistance. So those are just uh, a number of considerations that I think someone might have. In the last two years, I've heard from quite a few people, and they're really excited to know Skywheels is coming back into production. Two things that they really talk with me about is inertia, these being a high inertia blade. The other thing is coning. For those that maybe don't know about those things and why high inertia blades are very important in, in with coning, could you just elaborate a bit on both of those for me? The high inertia blade is it's safety. You can come in, you can land a lot slower with a high inertia blade because high inertia blade will maintain its RPM even when you slow down. And in fact, if you happen to go negative for you know a short moment, they used to call bunt overs, or which is a dangerous situation in, in a gyroplane. But in this particular case, you're not as susceptible to the blade slowing down so rapidly because you have the high inertia. They're a stiffer blade, typically. The coning is going to be usually a little bit less there and, and uh, more predictable, again, more predictable. The less variance you have, the smoother the flight's going to be because you're usually going to be in that sweet spot. It's another consideration. It's, it's not a safety consideration, particularly as far as coning. Uh, high inertia is definitely a safety consideration, and it's a performance consideration. Being able to to land really slow, virtually at zero zero, which I do uh, frequently, I mean almost all the time, even in the water, is really a nice feature. I know a lot of folks that have also discussed sky wheels coming back, being a high inertia blade, and its performance is that the blades that are coming out are made like they were back in the 1980s. Skywheel started in 1984 and continued to about 2002. A lot of folks are talking about, are these going to be the same blades made back then uh, with the same expectations? And knowing that the acquisition and purchasing Skywheels included not only the intellectual property, but it also included the original tooling and molds and also the test equipment. That's very important to a lot of people who are evaluating this again and seeing the re reemergence of Skywheels. Uh, what would you say to them about that? These blades are precisely, not only precisely the same formula and process, but I think that you, uh, you know, as you well know, I visited Blackhawk where they're being built, and those guys have their act together. They're they're ISO qualified and everything, and they uh, they have sent me some samples of, of the blades, and they're phenomenal. I mean, they they did a better job than we did. And, and I, I, I'm reluctant to say this, but they did a better job than the McCutcheon shop did. 
they're beautiful. I mean, they are unbelievable, you know, attention to detail. With McCutcheon, they were building so many blades so fast because of the popularity of the early uh, Air Command that it probably was difficult to maintain the level of perfection, and I, I use that word advisedly, perfection, that uh, Blackhawk seems to to be exhibiting. So I feel that these blades are going to fly probably even better than, than the ones we made and the ones that McCutcheon made. So that's my observation. All right, and I know you had some time at Blackhawk, and we'll be chatting with some of their engineers and quality assurance folks in a future podcast, so our listeners can hear from them directly on the processes that they're following and the quality assurance that's built into the process. And I'm sure um, people will be very interested in that, knowing how the product is built and uh, checked. So that will be very important in in a future discussion. Uh, Jim, with the time that we have left, is there anything that you'd like to cover that maybe we haven't discussed yet? I know that there's probably cheaper blades, but again, it's what you pay for is what you get. But also Blackhawk's pretty efficient. I mean, they have the the automated systems. They've actually advanced the processes uh, somewhat for precision purposes, I think, but also consistency. If you really want a stable, predictable, and high-inertia blade, this is the only way to go. For my money, I, I just wouldn't buy any other blade. Thank you for listening to Gyroplane Flying, where we discuss everything gyroplanes. The podcast is produced by Air Command International LLC and Skywells LLC. Even though both companies are represented in the program, they are separate and distinct entities. Please share comments and suggested topics with us using the Contact Us webpage at aircommand.com. You can listen to all previous podcasts at gyroplaneflying.com.